Thanks for joining us today with another podcast from New Hope Church. We hope that you enjoy what we have for you today and find it encouraging and uplifting. If you ever want to learn more information about New Hope Church, please visit us online at myhope.life. We'd love to get to know you. Have a wonderful day and God bless. ready to get started in this message. I pushed the record button. I didn't forget. I won't have to preach this one three times like I did one of the other ones. Um, But here we are. And uh, the title for this week is Don't Forget This. Now, just about every every week I have recapped my messages. And so I'm going to do that again this week. But I want to do it a little bit differently. I'm going to try and re-preach every message that I have preached this month in a short period of time. And then I'm going to preach the message that I've got today. Don't worry, it won't be long because I'm still not long-winded except for that one Sunday that I preached for a really long time. (laughs) I was told that it was okay. so. (laughs) And so here we go. Uh, Don't forget this. So let's recap. Week one, we heard about the first message to the church. And one thing that we've got to remember in the first message to the church is that when Peter got up and began to preach, he began to preach with boldness. And so when we proclaim God's word, we've got to do it with boldness. And so Acts chapters one and two is what was covered here. We are called to be a witness in Acts chapter one, verse eight. It says, but ye shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. And ye shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and in Judea and in Samaria and into the uttermost part of the earth. Peter preaches to those who call the first church drunk. He gets up. People are like, oh, these people are just drunk. These people are just going crazy. And, 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 and I, think we get the, um, I think we get the assumption that church has got to be, like, perfect. Yeah. Let me tell you something. We are far from perfect, me and my wife. We are the farthest from perfect. We, we try and sing our songs, and I know we get off key. We try, I try and play the guitar. She's going to play the piano here in, in, a, in, a, in, a, in, a, in a month or two. We're going to start playing. She's going to start playing piano. And, and we're just like, we're, we're not perfect. But you know what? The first church also wasn't perfect. Whenever they saw them, they were like, oh, these people are drunk. So if, if you think that coming to church, you're just supposed to be like, <laughs> let me tell you something. The first church wasn't. And this, this series is called This Is That. And this right here, what we believe is that which was spoken of by the prophet Joel. So let's read. This is what he said. This is what Peter preaches. Acts chapter 2, verses 13 through 16. Others mocking said, these men are full of new wine. But Peter, standing up with the eleven, lifted up his voice and said unto them, ye men of Judea and all that dwell at Jerusalem, be this known unto you and hearken to my word. For these are not drunk as ye suppose, seeing it is but the third hour of the day. But this is that which was spoken of by the prophet Joel. This is that. And this is what I'm preaching today. This is that which was spoken of by the prophet Joel. This is what we believe. The book of Acts wasn't just meant for a certain period of time, but it was the church today. And so... Week chapter two, week two, that was message number one. I just kind of re-preached that real quick, see? All right, <laughs> see, I'm on a time, I'm a timeline. <laughs> week chapter two, who is this for? Does anyone know the answer to that question? Who is this for? It's for everybody, absolutely. And uh, Acts chapter two, verse 39, we talked about how it was so prophetic what Peter said. 
But we realize he didn't realize how prophetic it was when he said in Acts chapter 39, uh, 2, verse 39, for the promise is unto you and to your children and to all that are far off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. So we learned this week, we learned about how God reaches the lame. We saw that the, the Peter says, silver and gold have I none, but such as I have give I thee in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk and his, and his ankle bones began to uh, have strength again. And he stood up and he went leaping in joy, praising God. Notice the one thing that is important here. It was done in the name of Jesus. All power is in the name of Jesus. And that's what we see in, this, in, in week chapter two. It was for the outcast, the eunuch. He, he wasn't allowed to go into the temple like everyone else. He, he wasn't allowed to worship. If you read Leviticus and Deuteronomy, he, he wasn't able to do those types of things. And so here he is. And Philip comes and says, do you understand what you're reading? Nope. And this is the week that I said, hey, if you get questions, ask. Because I want to try and help you understand God's word. And I'll be honest, there's a lot of things that I don't understand in God's word. But I will study it, and I'll study it out, and I'll ask for help. That's the best thing that I'll do. If you ask me a question that I don't know, I'm going to ask someone else that does know. I, I got a friend somewhere. My pastor may be able to answer the question. If he can't answer it, he's got someone else that he can go to. We'll get the answer. <laughs> um, and so let's keep, uh, let's keep going. And, and those that were uh, undeserving. Oh, man, this is the part that I love right here. In Peter's mind... It was for the Jews, it was for those people, it was for the select, it was for a select few. But here in Acts chapter 10, Peter sees a vision. And I just, I absolutely love this story. Peter sees a vision. And it's a, this sheet comes down and it has unclean animals in it. And Peter says, not so, Lord, for I have never eaten anything that is common or unclean. He goes up to pray. On the top of the house, he goes up to pray, he gets hungry, and they're preparing stuff downstairs. But God throws this sheet three times and says, here, kill and eat. Oh, no, God. Nope. I can't eat what's unclean. Think about this for just a moment. God is offering him something, and he's saying, no, thank you, God. How many times in our lives does God send down something and says, here you go, here's something good for you? And you're like, nope, doesn't fit the qualifications of what I have in my mind. I don't want to do that. We do that all the time. I've done it so many times that this isn't, this can't be the promise that God intended for me. This can't be what God has for me because I've already got it determined in my mindset what God is going to do. You see, we like to put God in a box. And so that's what we talked about this week. And so here it says, not so, Lord, for I've never eaten anything that was common or unclean. And the voice spake unto him and said a second time, what God hath cleansed, don't call it common. Amen. What God has cleansed is no longer dirty. What God has cleansed is no longer common. You're uncommon in Christ when you're washed by his blood. When, when, we, when we follow what is in Acts, we are no longer common anymore, but we are uncommon. We are called out uh, to be separate from among them, be separate. And, and God is still pouring this out today. What that scripture says, sets up 
was for when he went to Cornelius' house, which was a Gentile. Bible talks about how, how Cornelius was a good man, how he was a devout man, and how he gave to the people and, and all these things. And God's spirit gets poured out on Cornelius. Yes. And in that moment, he says, Peter says, you need to be baptized. God's spirit gets poured out. He says, you need to be baptized. That's one of the things that we've been seeing as a common theme throughout Acts, is it wasn't just uh, an event that I look forward to, but rather it was a necessity. Hey, the jailer, the Philippian jailer says, what must I do to be saved? In that same hour, he's baptized, the Bible says. That's our next thing that we're going to do. We're going to look at, is this worth it? Week three. So this, this scripture, this... I absolutely love this story, and the more that I've talked about it every week, I hope that I have brought you something new in it. But this scripture is so powerful at about midnight. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, I've heard this before. Yeah, I've said it like three weeks now. <laughs> but at about midnight, they begin to sing praises and worship God. Paul and Silas are praying and singing hymns to God, and the prisoners are listening to them. Remember, when we come to church, it's important to worship God. There's an atmosphere that is created when we worship God. When I begin to lift my hands and begin to sing, I raise a hallelujah in the middle of my in the middle of my trials, in the middle of my circumstances, I'm going to praise you. I'm going to worship you, God. There is something that begins to take place because the Bible says he inhabits the praises of his people. And so, and suddenly, in verse 26 of chapter 16, and suddenly there was a great earthquake so that the foundations of the prison were shaken and immediately all the doors were opened and everyone's bonds were unfastened. You know what I want to see happen? I want to see us worship in a way that the foundations of Detroit Lake is shaking, that we see a mighty move of God's spirit. I said I was going to preach this week, and I'm trying to pull out all the stops, and I'm trying to just let go and just let God move in this place. Because the most important thing that we can ever do, the the only thing that we can ever get is just say, God, you are my all in all. You are everything to me. You are what I need, God. You are everything, and all of a sudden, foundations are shaken. People are shaken. People's bonds are loosed. But then, the Philippian jailer, oh, this man, he comes running in, and he's ready to kill himself because he's like, oh, no, my prisoners have escaped. Paul and Silas were in the innermost part of the prison. I'm assuming that the innermost part of the prison is probably for the bad guys. And they're in the dark place. They're in a bad place. How many of you have been in a dark place, a bad place? How many of you have been in a place that someone else, someone else's words maybe put you there? Someone else's things that they they did to you began to put you into a dark place. And the jailer, even the jailer, when he rushed in, he needed a light. It says in verse 29, and the jailer called for the lights and rushed in. And trembling with fear, he fell down before Paul and Silas. Oh, there's power in the name of Jesus. There's power when we worship. It's and this this like just keeps like screaming in my head. This part where the Philippian jailer comes to him and says, What must I do to be saved? The oppressor, what what do I have to do 
the person that has put you down, the person that has tore you down, the person that has brought you down lower than you've ever been before. When you worship, it may affect them to the point where they say, what must I do to be saved? Because there's something different about you. There's something in your heart that's different. There's power in your praise. What do you do? Why do we encourage worship when we come here? Because there's something that happens. Something takes place. It's like when you when you you, you mix uh, 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 what is that uh, fingernail uh, fingernail polish remover and bleach. It makes like a really bad smell. It make you pass out. I thought it was a really good cleaning agent. It was not. <laughs> like it's actually a chemical reaction that's bad for you. <laughs> Have you ever smelled one of those ozone things? That, that, that you turn on, it's an air purifier, it's like maybe electricity. You ever smell, you ever smell um, thunder and lightning? You can kind of smell it. It's, there's a chemical reaction that happens. When we worship God, there is an, a, a reaction that happens. God inhabits the praises of his people, so that must mean if I praise him, he will inhabit my praises, and when I praise him, he's there in the midst. So in my belief, it, this is what I believe. This is what is in God's word, that when we worship him, he's here. So what that means is today we offered up worship. We offered up a sacrifice of praise. And no matter what we're going through, he is here in this place ready to touch and move in our lives. And then week four last week, do you want this? Acts chapter 19, uh, verses one through seven. It says, and it came to pass that while Apollos was at Corinth, Paul, having passed through the upper coast, came to Ephesus, and finding certain disciples, he said unto them, Have ye received the Holy Ghost since ye believed? And they said unto him, We have not so much as heard whether there be any Holy Ghost. You know what's crazy is that that, that is common. Like, even to this day, that people don't realize that the Holy Ghost is is for you. And, and, and just like these, these, these people here, they said, I, I, I've never heard there be such thing as a Holy Ghost. And so maybe you've never heard it before. Maybe this is like all new. That's okay. Because this is, this is something that everyone has got to learn about. We've got to look at the first church. We've got to look. There's a precedent that is set in legal proceedings. There's a precedent that is set when a judge makes a ruling and it stands in court or a jury makes a, a decision. You see it in the Supreme Court. You see what happens and it sets a precedent for other cases that will come after. Acts sets the precedent right. for the church. Right. This is that. If you want anointing in your life, this is what you need. If you want power in your life, the Holy Ghost shall come upon you and you right. shall receive yes. power after it has come upon you. That's what the Bible says. We can't say that, it's, that, 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 that that's not true. It's in God's word. I can't just start ripping pages out that I don't like. I love the book of Acts. I love the power that is in the book of Acts. And I love that God intended it not just for that day, but he intended it for today. Have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? And he said unto them, unto then were ye unto what were you baptized? And they said unto him, unto John's baptism. Verse 4. Then said Paul, John barely baptized in the baptism of repentance, saying unto the people that they should believe on him which should come after him, that is on Christ Jesus. 
When they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Yes. And when Paul had laid his hands upon them, the Holy Ghost came upon them and they spake with other tongues and prophesied. And we talked about last week about an almost Christian, almost making it. King Agrippa said to Paul, almost thou persuadest me to be a Christian. What was the definition of a Christian? What was the definition in that day of a Christian? What was, what was, what did King Agrippa see that was, I almost want that. Come on. This is what I'm preaching today is what King Agrippa saw. Mm. This, what I'm preaching here, is what King Agrippa saw. Being a Christian is more than goosebumps. Right. Being a Christian is more than just, just a good feeling when you leave church. There's more to this. I promise you, let me, let me plead with you for just a moment that there is more to salvation. There is more to the power of God than just uh, feeling a little goosebumps or having some right. tears run down your face. There is power in the Holy Ghost. There's power in baptism in his name. So let me tell you today, don't forget this. We've gone through a lot of scripture over the past few weeks. We've looked at some sad things where people were prisoned, where people were, where Stephen was stoned to death and, and the forgiveness that he gave. And we looked at all these different scriptures and how we, one thing that we, we saw was in this study of the first church, we saw the power of God's spirit. In everything, it was central to the start of this church was God's spirit. Yes. And I would tell you that the start of New Hope Church was central to moving of God's spirit. Yes. And we witnessed the enemy trying to stop what God was trying to do. We saw it, uh, Paul and Silas being jailed. We, we saw it when Stephen was stoned. We saw, well, the enemy, the, the, the times that the, 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 the disciples got, uh, uh, I can't remember the scripture, but it said, uh, you were discouraged by our words or something. I can't, believe, I can't remember what it was, but it's one of the chapters that, if you, that you read it. So if you need to find it, it's in the book of Acts. But anyways, they said, you were troubled by the words. And that's not what we said. Words have power. Yes. Right. Words, have, words can, can save and words can tear down. And, and words have the ability to, to help or to hinder us. And in this moment, we witnessed the enemy trying to stop everything that God was trying to do. Look at the very first day. These are drunk. Come on. These are drunk. The very first outpouring of God's spirit, there was people to ridicule. There was people to pick apart and say, nope, that's not real. That's not God moving. That's not what it is. These are just drunk. And it took a person getting up, preaching the word of God. And then there was 3,000 or 5,000. I can't remember which one it is. It's one of those added to the church that day. There is power in this. And the, if there wasn't power in this, the devil wouldn't care. You see, if the devil doesn't mess with you, he doesn't see you as a threat. Right. I, I prayed the other day. I was actually talking to my wife. It was like literally like yesterday, Friday. We were driving. And I said, I don't know why I said this, but I said, you know, I really hope the devil's afraid of our church. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And like, 
my wife didn't ask me why I said that. She knows why I said that because of because of who I am and, and what what I believe and, and and the truth is, I want the devil to be afraid of this church. And you, when you step out of bed in the morning, Absolutely. you should pray to God that the devil has fear. Oh no, she's up again. Oh no, he's up again. That means I, I'm gonna I'm gonna raise I'm gonna raise a mess for the devil. I'm gonna I'm gonna do some things that destroys his kingdom. I'm gonna tear him down. And that is what the power is that I'm talking about. If you got some things in your life that you can't get over, some struggles that you've been facing, some things that you've been going through, this is that. This is the answer to that. Yes. And so many times we are forget we we we're quick to forget. What has happened? And that's why the title of this message today is Don't Forget This. This is a lifestyle. This is something to live every day because God loves you. God cares for you. He wouldn't have died on the cross for you. He wouldn't have made an opportunity for you. He wouldn't have reached to Peter on that day, lowering down and giving him a vision, saying, hey, reach the Gentiles. This is for as many, Acts 2.38, uh, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of your sins, and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost, for this promise is unto you and to your children and to all that are far off. We are that. There are far off, not only in, in physical location, but in time and space. We are far off from that moment, and it's for us today. Don't forget this. So at the bottom of the scripture, you'll see in the scriptures, now that I finally have entered into this week's message. This week's message, I promise, isn't long. Stay with the ship. you got to remember this. In the past weeks, we've read Acts, and we saw the mighty moving of God's spirit. This week is different. This was the final few chapters that we finished out. And, and I hope that everyone got the opportunity to read it. If you didn't, March is another month that you can read the entire book of Acts, one chapter a day, and you'll have a few days left over. <laughs> like three or four. Read the book of Acts. There's power in this. If you're looking for something in your life, this is that answer. And so my focus today is in, in Acts chapter 27. And, and this is what, what Paul begins to say in uh, Acts chapter 27, verse 10. And he said unto them, Sirs, I perceive that this voyage will be hurt and much damage, not only of the landing and ship, but also of our lives. Nevertheless, the centurion believed the master and the owner of the ship more than those things which were spoken by Paul. I don't believe that was in your, your scriptures. But the first point I want to talk about is Paul's warning. There was a warning that Paul gave. And, and sometimes we come to church and we miss the warning that's preached. We miss the warning that is given. I've got to follow God. I've got to do what God has called me to do. Many times we've heard God's word preached and we've allowed it to fall on unhearing ears. Yes. Yes. King Agrippa was almost a Christian. Almost a Christian is still fully lost. It's a tragic story. It's wow. terrible. It's so sad, but almost isn't good enough. And that's why I went into the rant about basic training and it being fun and all that different stuff. But almost is not good enough. 
God is looking for a group of people that will say, God, I give you all. I give you all that I am, all that I ever will be. Don't allow God's word to fall on unhearing ears. When we come to church, Bible study, anything, when we get together, we are trying to grow our relationship with God. We must be willing to hear. And I learned just this past week at Bible study that I need to slow down. I, I need to teach a little slower because I get excited. And I hope when I preach, I'm preaching a little slower. <laughs> Preaching is different than teaching, though. <laughs> but I am thankful that there are people in my life that will say, hey, I want to learn God's word. I want to know God's word. Because when you know God's word, you know God's heart. And if you want to know God's heart, you're going to have to read his word and follow what he says. Paul tried to save these men, but they chose not to listen to him. It's a sad story. Time and time again, it happens. Churches all across this world. Preachers spend their hours putting together their messages in hopes that it touches someone's life, that it changes someone's life. And it falls on unhearing ears. People that are looking for a goosebump relationship. Yeah, yeah. But the relationship that I'm talking about today is deeper. Right. The relationship yeah. that I'm talking about with God is deeper. Yes. We place confidence in ourselves rather than placing our confidence in Jesus Christ. Oh, Lord, let me put my confidence in you. You're the one that found value for me when you were on Calvary, that you would die for me. God, I'm thankful for that. You see, repentance is a simple thing. God, I'm sorry for what I've done. It's owning up. It's like the one thing that we don't want to ever do is own up to what we did. Baptism is easy. Yeah, I just, I want to be baptized. You get baptized in Jesus' name, bam, under the water. We're getting ready to do a Bible study on baptism, and I've shortened it up so that I teach it good. <laughs> I'm excited for what's happening in Bible study group. And, and, and with that, before I move on in this message, I forgot to do the announcements. And I'm going to take two seconds to do the announcements and say, <laughs> we will not be having Bible study this week. Um, my wife is having surgery on Tuesday, so we will not be having Bible study this week, but uh, next week we will be. Yes. So don't come here on Tuesday night. If you do, we won't be here. <laughs> um, okay, there we go. Pause back into the message. Acts chapter 27, verses 20 through 26. And when neither sun nor stars in many days appeared, and no small tempest lay on us, all hope that we should be saved was taken away. But after losing abstinence, Paul stood forth in the midst of them and said, Sirs, ye should have hearkened unto me, you should have listened to me, and have not left from Crete, and to have gained this harm and loss. And now I exhort you to be of good cheer, for there shall be no loss of any man's life among you, but of the ship. For there stood by me this night an angel of God, whose I am and whom I serve, saying, Fear not, Paul, thou must be brought before Caesar, and lo, God hath given thee all of them that sail with thee. 
Wherefore, sirs, be of good cheer, for I believe God that it shall be even as it was told to me. I believe what God said to me. And there isn't going to be harm on anyone. But there is something that is powerful about this passage of scripture. You see, there were some men that said, I'm not going to listen to Paul. I don't really care what he and his God said. I really don't care. Then fearing lest we should have fallen upon rocks, in verse 29, they cast four anchors into the stern and wished for the day. They were wishing for the day. Don't you remember the day that Jesus stepped out on the water and he cursed the winds and calmed the waters with his voice? Sometimes this is us in the middle of the ship wishing for day, wishing that God would come in and change our lives. And the ship begins to, begins to break apart if you read this chapter and, and so many things. But oh, let me get back into my scriptures. Oh, it's so hard. Verse 30. And as the shipmen were about to flee out of the ship when they had let down the boat into the sea under the color as though they would have cast anchors out of the foreship. Paul said to the centurion and to the soldiers, except these abide in the ship, ye cannot be saved. There's power about staying in the ship. Amen. There's power in following the book of Acts. You're like, how do you get that from that? It's easy. Look at this. This is something that God orchestrated, God ordained. If you've been in Bible study, we've looked at the Bible from Genesis to, uh, we're in like Luke now. Um, from Genesis to this, we see this coherent flow of text and this coherent flow of stories and this coherent flow of a God orchestrating from Genesis to, to, to what happened at Calvary, to, to what's happening today. There was this orchestrated flow. And so I believe that the purpose of this scripture wasn't just so that Paul could, Paul, Paul could say to these men, hey, unless you stay with the ship, it could, you, you won't be saved. It was for today. It was for this moment, for this service, so that, so that, this, so that me, so that I could get something from God and say, listen, God loves you. God cares for you. He wants to wrap his arms of love around you, and you've just got to stay with the ship. You've got to get with the ship. Don't leave the ship. Don't leave this book of Acts. Don't leave this. Don't, don't let this slip away. It's in your grasp. You want something deeper in your relationship with God. You've got to stay with the ship. Those sailors, when they left that ship, they didn't make it. Unless you stayed with the ship, you could not be saved. This story was for today. This story was not just so that Paul could, or yeah, Paul could make it to, to Caesar, but it was so that today we could look at this and we could link it into the scriptures and see that God cares for us, that God loves us, that God wants to do something great in our lives. And so the ship that I'm urging you to stay in is the Bible reading. The ship that I'm urging you to stay with is the book of Acts, is to, is to follow what God's word says. And I'm just about done. This ship is everything. Yes. Jesus Christ is everything that you've ever needed. Everything. I've struggled with depression. I've struggled with drugs. I've struggled with alcohol. I've struggled with so many things in my life. And the only answer that has ever been was Jesus Christ. The only thing that ever gave me peace was the Prince of Peace. The only thing that ever gave me life was the King of Kings.
kings and Lord of lords, the one that spoke life into existence. He's the one that cares for me and loves me. This is everything. Don't forget this. Don't let this moment, this opportunity pass you by. And I know I've done this so many times, time and time again. But it's, it is my true belief that this Holy Ghost that was poured out, speaking in tongues, is for today. Yes. It's, it's salvation. It's, it's what changes us. It's the power that we need. Every service, I get to teach a little bit. Because I guess I do things that aren't common. <laughs> Last week, four people walked up to this altar. We prayed for them. I felt strongly in my, in my, in my heart last week that God wanted to fill people with the Holy Ghost. I believe it again this week, that if you don't have what I'm talking about, what we have read about in the book of Acts, what Peter jumped up and began to preach in Acts chapter 2, if you, if you haven't experienced that, I believe that God wants to do that. I believe it. I have faith. Listen, I, I've experienced it myself. It, it's something that changes our lives. It's something that transforms the heart. You're like... God will accept me as I am, yeah. Yeah, he, he loves you just the way that you are. But he wants his spirit in you. God made a transition when he left the earth. When, when, when Jesus was ascended up into the cloud, he made a transition to being from them. From, I almost made that make sense. From being with them to being within them. Right. There was a transition that was made when he ascended into heaven. And that transition is still evident today. It's still happening today. There's power, there's anointing, there's love. Look, there's that song, I'm looking for love in all the wrong places. That's the only words I know of it. But it's true. If you've been looking for love in other places than Jesus Christ, this is the place to find it. Right. Now every, Every week, we talk about having an altar call, having a moment of time. And, and, and um, we're Pentecostal. And, and one of the things that we do is come to the altar. And I, so I grew up Pentecostal. And I remember so many times was sick and tired of church, ready for it to be over. And I remember sitting, well, it's probably in the front row. <laughs> because my mom and dad, like, you're going to sit in the front row and you're going to behave. I'm like, I'm like six years old, dad. You're going to behave? <laughs> I sit on the front row. And I go to the altar and I talk with my friends. I get in trouble. My dad was trying to teach me something. I didn't realize at the time. It took me about 20 uh, some years to figure out what he was trying to teach me. But here I am today, and I've kind of figured it out. The altar isn't a place for... It's the, the altar is a place for everyone. Yes. The altar isn't a place that's exclusive to, oh, I'm a sinner, I'm a wretched wreck. 
I'm a messed up person. It's for everyone. Right. Yes. And you're like, well, what's the difference between sitting in my seat and walking up there in the front of the church? Yeah, one, obedience. Yeah. The, the other is there's a mindset shift that happens. Yes. You, want some, you want God to move in your life. You have to take steps of faith. Absolutely. And sometimes seeing those steps of faith, you've been struggling with things in your life and you don't know how to handle it. Have you taken some steps of faith? The altar is a place to come and pray and get a touch from God. It's a place to come and repent. It's a place to, and yes, you can do it in your seat. I'm not saying that you can't, but there's something that shifts in your mindset. So I'm going to challenge you today. Do you want this? Have you experienced this fully like we've talked about? And if you want to experience this, I'm going to turn some music on. I just want you to come to the altar. I don't want you to just lift your hands. It may be something that's so uncommon to you, but I challenge you that if you'll step out of faith and do this, that God is going to do something in your life, that God is going to change some things in your life, that God is going to intervene and move in your life. You've been looking for things. You've been looking for the answer. You've been searching for the love that you need. This is it. This is your chance. This is your, this is your day. This is your moment that God wants to move in your life. And so I challenge you that you would stand with me and that you would make your way to this altar. Let us pray with you. Let us, let us lay hands on you just like, like what happened in the book of Acts. Let us lay hands on you and, and, and then let's see God move in your life. Hallelujah, Jesus. God, I thank you for what you're doing. And I just pray that your presence would sweep across this place. That you would move in every heart and every life, Jesus. God, I thank you, Jesus. I worship you. Oh, Jesus. God, I worship you, Jesus.